Football fans, it is week four, and week four brings a special opponent, the Pasadena Poly Panthers, the rivals of Real Hondo Prep over the years. 20 times they have met in the 11-man era, and this Friday night at South Pasadena High School will be the 21st meeting between the Pasadena Poly Panthers and the Real Hondo Prep Cares in 11-man football. Of course, the rivalry dates back to their Eight-man days for both schools, usually in uh, prep league play. There is no more prep league in football, but they have still continued this rather intense rivalry that, uh, you know, it's, it's I don't know, is it a friendly rivalry? Is it a bitter rivalry? I'm not so sure. Uh, I do know that Rio every year, no matter when you're in school, whether you've been a long time or uh, or you're a current student, it's beat Polly. Rio, beat Polly. Got to beat Polly. Everyone knows who you're talking about when you say Polly. And I'm sure uh, Polly feels the same way about us. It was an absolute blast last year talking to Pasadena Polly head coach Chris Smoke, talking to him about the rivalry on my Get Home Safe podcast. If you want to go back and listen to that, I encourage you to do so. Uh, but uh, man, you have newfound respect for Pasadena Polly after hearing from an insider there, hearing about how they thought about the Real Hondo Prep program and you know, it's uh, it to me. There's there's two there's two different. I don't know culture. You can call it whatever you want, but um, th- there's different types of kids. I think that go to Rio and go to Poly, and it doesn't make one wrong or you know one better. Uh, I I just think that you know when you look at tuition, for instance, Pasadena Poly tuition through the roof, and that is no knock on their kids, their parents, or anything. I I uh, am, am a big supporter of anyone who is very successful and uh, you know living their best life, a hundred percent. Um, but I, I think there's a, there's always a kid at Rio Hondo, the type of athletes really that has that chip on their shoulder forever. You know, we played all these prep league teams with these, uh, enrollments and, and tuitions where we, we didn't belong. We were the ugly duckling, if you will, you know, nowhere near the tuition of some of these other schools like Flint Ridge and Polly and Chadwick and Webb. I mean, we're talking college type tuition for some of these places and, and they're, they are, uh, very solid academic and, and athletic institutions that I have nothing but respect for. But I think a real Hondo, you're always going to get that kid, uh, that coach, that, that just that, that chip on your shoulder, like, Hey, we do belong. We, we, it's not a whole better than you thing. It's just a, we belong here. We're, we're real Hondo prep. What's up type of deal. And I think since Rio went to 11 man in 2002, uh, they've really made a statement and there's been some incredible matchups over the years. Rio leads the series 14 to six in 11, man. I was a very uh, proud member of the class of 2003. We had the first crack at Pasadena Poly in 11, man, and we upset them. They were the defending champs or maybe went to the finals the year before, but they ended up winning the championship in 2002, my senior year after we beat them 27 to 22 at Doherty high school, because we still didn't have a field where our field wasn't wide enough. We had to rent out fields and, one of our only few home games that year was against the Pasadena Poly Panthers who went on to win CIF championship. And I'm still bitter about it. Very bitter. Having beaten the, the champs. Uh, anyway, uh, I will list to you the scores of the Pasadena Poly Rio games over the years. I, I posted it on social media, but I'll read it here. Um, 
I will be having later on the program, you will be hearing from assistant coach Tom Marr, who has coached a lot of different places uh, at the college level here in Southern California. I mean, pretty much anywhere you could think of a junior college division three uh, division one division two. I mean, pretty much every, everywhere. He's, he's a longtime coach. I've officiated a few of his games over the years. And uh, we got in contact through uh, a mutual friend, Tracy McFade, a longtime football official, one of my mentors, because uh, Tom Marr and Tracy way back when actually uh, attended boys Christian league. So Tom Marr, the Pasadena poly assistant coach this year, uh, helping out with the program there. He was in boys Christian league and had some memories and stories to talk about there. So you will hear from him today and just talking about his coaching journey a little bit, something a little different, not quite as uh, I would say in depth as we heard from the Boron head coach last week, Chris Kostopoulos. Uh, But this week, um, or excuse me, Rob Kostopoulos, don't mess that up. Uh, but, but this week, a little different interview, but something that I, I very much am excited for you guys to hear. And in moving forward on Thursdays, I'm not going to get a coach from the other team every week. I have been able to do that now three straight weeks, which has been cool. But my, my goal is to have a guest on Thursdays or usually when we play Friday nights, again, these episodes will air Thursday nights, 24 hours before kickoff. Um, I do want to have a guest and just, just kind of like you guys have been hearing on Sundays where we hear from coach Carson and then a player and then a member of the alumni. Well, I thought what better way to kind of kick things off on the Thursday episodes and to bring on a member of the alumni include, include the voices right from, uh, from the cares and such. So uh, try to have someone who's associated with the program, a lot of alumni just to include them and really get them involved and be like, Hey man, let's support this team. They, they, they wear the, uh, the red, white, and black. And, and we once did. So let's hear from the alumni kind of the, you know, their, their thoughts and such. So starting next Thursday, we will be doing that. But today we're going to be joined by uh, assistant coach of Pasadena Poly, uh, Tom Marr. And so um, I, I wanted to to first, before I get into the rivalry, I wanted to tell you guys a story, something that I heard regarding, uh, well, it involves a rivalry, but I was just very, I was very touched by. It. And I thought, you know, it sums up the respect because there, there's a bitterness between these two schools, but there's also a respect. You know what? You, you're never going to get any uh, super bad blood, I'll say. Each team's going to celebrate accordingly when they beat each other, but uh, this story from 2009 really spoke to me and I wanted to share it with you guys. Um, back in 2009, if you guys looked at the scores listed on the, the, uh, the social media posts I had, you, you would have noticed in 2009, real one by forfeit. And I, and I looked at that and I was like, what was that about? So I, I did a little research and I found out that a young man on Pasadena Poly's team, uh, in 2009 in a game against Chadwick, uh, his name was Jackson Allen. Um, he suffered an injury in that game against Chadwick and his, his life was immediately in danger. I mean, he had a head trauma. He went down on the sideline and it was Dr. Drew Pinsky, the, the famous Dr. Drew, whose son at the time went to Pasadena Poly, who came down as well as a, a, a doctor from the Chadwick sideline or, or, or stands. And they ended up saving this kid's life, Jackson Allen. Um, he, he recovered and, you know, it was, it was not an easy road to recovery, but it was just a moment that had you not had some uh, expert medical personnel on hand that who knows what would have happened for Mr. Jackson Allen here. So um, incredible. And I listened to Dr. Drew and, you know, Adam Carolla a lot, th th their interaction, but to hear this story was, was really remarkable. And you can look it up yourself, look up Dr. Drew Pasadena Poly, and you can see the whole thing, Jackson Allen, the young man's name. But why I bring it up is because the following week, Rio was supposed to play uh, said Pasadena Poly. Uh, and and uh, I think it was going to be a Rio, well, who knows where it would have been, but um, they were supposed to play. And Polly, for whatever reason, couldn't 
couldn't put it together for the game. I'm not exactly sure why, if it was a late cancellation, but it ended up being a forfeit. And so Rio took that win. We included that. I don't know what the parameters were there, if, if it could have just been a canceled game or what, but it ended up being a forfeit. And uh, Rio, uh, that is included in the Rio 14 wins against uh, Pasadena Poly in 11, man. But I bring it up because the following week, Rio Hondo Prep played uh, at Webb. I think it was at Webb yeah, on the road. And uh, I heard and, and had this confirmed from from member of that team, Ed Drain. Uh, he, he confirmed with me of this, that in that game against Webb, the Rio Hondo team, they bought orange wristbands and they wore, uh, each member of the team wore those wristbands to show respect, to show, to stand in solidarity with uh, Mr. Jackson Allen from Pasadena Poly, who they were not able to play against. Uh, or him or his team the previous week. And they wrote down Jackson's number 41 on those orange wristbands. So there, there's a photo I could uh, share with you if you'd like, uh, if you want to know that more about that story. But I thought that was really special. Uh, Ed did go on to say that it was head coach Mark Carson's idea. So um, at the time, Mark was an assistant coach, but he was always pushing uh, ideas and, and great things forward. So I wanted to share that with you guys because we talk about, yeah, beat Polly and we want to be, you know, I hate Polly and this stuff. But sometimes when there's moments bigger than football, um, you know, I, I am incredibly proud of my alma mater 13 year, years ago for, uh, for, for just showing respect in that regard and doing that. That's something that's really, really cool and bigger to me than any victory uh, on this sheet of paper here. So I, I wanted to share that story with you guys, uh, not to bring you down from your hatred of Polly or your energy and anger, but hey, it's just a story within the rivalry that I thought was, uh, was really cool to share. Now we can talk about beating Polly and, and the intense rivalry this week. We even amped up the music a little bit uh, more this week, just to have a, Hey, this is, this is our moment. We own this. Like, let's go. There's no messing around. Polly is 0 and three Rio is three and oh, but it doesn't matter. It's, it's time to play some, some football or maybe Polly's 0 and four. I should look that up. But anyway, Polly's winless on the season. They would love nothing better than to take out their rivals, the undefeated Rio Hondo Prep Cares. So Rio better be ready to show up and, and put up a fight here at South Pasadena High School on Friday night. And I want you guys, man, if you're in the area, if there if there's an away game to go to this year, this is the one. It's semi-close, not too far from Rio. Uh, it's it's on a Friday night, which is nice. And Pauly never had night games against Rio. They they didn't like Rio having all their fans there. They preferred to play at two o'clock on Fridays uh, so that maybe there'd be limited fans from Rio showing up. And, um, you know, that's, there's no, make no mistake about that. That's why they did that. And then Rio didn't ever play Pauly uh, at, at a night game somewhere, just because that people knew, especially Pauly, they know us well, we travel well. So I encourage everyone this Friday, man, if you got stuff going on, okay, I get it. But man, if you can get out to this game, come out. Let's let's fill up those stands. It's a pretty nice venue. I'm not sure about parking, but South Pasadena High School for this one, in 21st matchup between Real Hondo Prep and Pasadena Poly in the 11 man era. And I and I wish I had some eight man numbers, eight man stats. I think the rivalry dating back to that was pretty even, quite honestly. Uh, a lot of lot of tough games. A lot of uh, a lot of man, just intense moments. And and I wanted to share one of those moments with you right as the rivalry was kind of taking a hiatus, if you will, kind of in the late 90s. Pauly went 11-man. We stayed 8-man for a few more years, won some more championships, and then went on to uh, join the rest of the prep league in 2002. Although now I think Flint Ridge and Chadwick are playing, are back playing 8-man. It's like, come on, man, you can't go backwards. Anyway, I want to share a story with you guys before I get into the scores, and then we'll move on to Coach Marr. 
Uh, this really was a great email from uh, class of 2000, Steve Amon, who uh, won a couple of CIF championships himself, uh, played in a, in a baseball CIF championship too. Um, I reached out and I, I wanted you guys to kind of say a few words about the poly rivalry. Didn't get much interaction, but hey, we'll improve on that. But this is from Steve Amon, who now lives up in Oregon. He still follows the team. He follows the podcast. He watches the games on Friday nights. A uh, very passionate uh, fan and alumni here. So this is an email I got from Steve Amon a few days ago. He goes, Matt, my freshman year, I believe it was my first high school game. Week one on field one, we played poly. They showed up with some obvious varsity players. These guys were huge and were out to kick us around. I was maybe five foot two, 115 pounds. I played split in and corner, not, not as a starter. By the second quarter, Jacob Blake, Perry Hampton, and I don't remember who else were hurt, and I hadn't even been mentioned as a running back, yet Coach Johnson had no other option, so he threw me in at running back due to the situation. I remember being petrified. I was given the ball play after play. And by no means did I break any records. Don't even know if I had positive yardage or not, but I made it through the rest of the game and earned coach Johnson's respect from there on out. We weren't very happy about Polly playing their upperclassmen. And it was a wake up call for us freshmen. They were already a rival, obviously, but this added fuel to the fire. Blake and Perry were not too hurt when they came back soon enough, but it is ingrained in my mind from there on out that these guys wanted to beat us bad, even at the JV level. They jumped to 11 man the next season. So we didn't get a chance to get back at them, but my junior year in baseball, we 10 run them at home going into the playoffs. And it was magical. That was the game that put us on a high, which we made it all the way to the championship against another rival in grace brethren and unfortunately lost love seeing our current teams playing them again and having success love the show man keep doing what you're doing and thank you well thank you steve Amon, for that wonderful story one of the final uh, eight-man games against pasadena poly a jv game where it sounds like they brought down some varsity players just to stick it to rio a little bit and some legendary names on that email there's jacob blake perry hampton a great pitcher on that baseball team and then of course coach johnson uh man great stuff and for those 10 running someone in baseball is is winning by 10 or more runs after the fifth inning so the game is called so for rio to beat Polly in baseball to 10 run them uh that was a big deal and uh, i love stories like this kind of the the genesis of of a young man's football days and then uh you know seeing how great steve was and and now the poly rivalry after again there was a few years off there this must have been 96 so poly had uh play an 11 man from probably 96 or 97 until we eventually caught up with them in 2002 and it's awesome playing them uh every year uh whether we're in the same league or not it's uh, it's been incredible so i want to get to the scores from over the years against pasadena poly i already mentioned our infamous 27 22 win in 2002 over pasadena poly and the cif player of the year and the eventual cif champions no big deal it was uh it was a heartbreaker to see them go on and win but anyway 2003 poly gets revenge 38 to seven. Uh, we had some players out of that game. I do know for, for different, uh, different reasons and such, but uh, this game was a two o'clock game at Polly on a Friday or something and day game. And Polly just absolutely uh, destroyed us. Uh, uh, I was a, you know, a graduate and alumni there just, so angry because of uh, what we, we had done the previous year, but Hey, uh, Paulie gets even on the scoreboard at one-to-one -one. in 2004, Rio returns a favorite in a 31 to eight 
decisive victory. One of the best teams in Rio's history. I know Landon Goodwill ran wild. That team went all the way to the finals and eventually lost to Hamilton High School up there in Anza, California. But it was that resounding victory over Pauly in 2004 where it was like, hey, we're not messing around. Uh, we are on uh, on, uh, on, on and off to off to big, big and better things. So uh, we barely beat you in, in 02 uh, in a tight game, but in 04, it was like, all right, let's get this thing rolling. In 2005, another real victory at Pauly, the first and 11 man at Pasadena Pauly. Again, a day game, of course, because of the no lights. 23 to 13. I was at this game running the pep band. This was an exciting time. This was my brother's uh, senior year. And what was incredible about that game is when that game was over, it was that class of 2006 playing varsity football in 05. Uh, Will Tirico, Sam Hersema, Nick Gonzalez, Bill Baumgartner. I'm sure I'll forget some names. John Collins, Kirk Holter, uh, Dave Guerrero. Those guys were the first class in Rio history to go undefeated in the prep league from their freshman year all the way through their senior year. They never lost a prep league game. That's when there was the entire full prep league, Flint Ridge, Polly, Shadwick, and Webb. So going 4-0 for four straight years, that senior class, 16-0 in the prep league, a truly uh, awesome, awesome uh, moment for those guys uh, to do that um, in, in, in their time there. I think I was right. 16-0. How did they do that if they lost against Polly the previous year? I could have been. Hmm. Anyway. Is my math wrong there? What was it? They were undefeated somehow. Anyway, I probably messed it up, but uh, we'll move on from there. Uh, anyway, let's see. Maybe it was 4-0 against Pauly. No, because they lost in uh, – my math is off here. Will Tarico, you're going to have to tell me what the, the big deal was there. I do remember them being 16-0 uh, as a class. Maybe it was uh, playing together. I can't remember. Anyway, to tell, 2006 we go, and this one hurt. This was at Carefield, and uh, – the second matchup, because uh, Landon's class in, in 04 dominated at Carefield, which was awesome. But Pauly came into the 06 uh, Prep League Championship on the line, one of the last games of the year, and they shut out Rio, 20 to nothing. There were some goal line stands, uh, a very tough loss there in 2006 to Pauly. So we're kind of getting a little back and forth here at this point. But then Rio goes on a tear starting in 07 uh, with, let's see, one, two, three, four, five, so six, seven straight wins against Pauly. Uh, 44 to 17 in 2007, 34 to 7 in 08, the forfeit in 09, which we already talked about, uh, 40 to 27, pretty close game, high scoring in 2010, 32 to nothing in 2011, and let's see, 49 nothing in 2012, and 60 to 21 in 2013. So, if my math is correct here, which uh, hopefully it was, looks like Six straight victories there against Pauly uh, from 07 to 2013. A great time. Of course, a couple of CIF championships there in, in there in actually three, 2008, 2011, and 2012. And of course, that CIF championship loss in 09. So plenty of championship game appearances there during that six game stretch over Pauly. But it was in 2014 where Pauly answered and got some serious revenge, putting up 51 points on the cares, winning 51 to 12. Don't know what happened there, but uh, man, that was a, that was a tough one to, to swallow after putting up 60 on Pauly the year before Rio would come back in 2015 and win 35 to 21 to kind of not let Pauly get off on, on a streak of any kind, but it was the next year starting in 2016 where Pauly would go off on a streak. They would get 
three straight from real, winning the last game at Care Field between the two schools in 2016, 34 to seven, another blowout, if you will. 2017 at Pauley, Rio loses a close one, 20 to 13. And then in 2018, the first ever matchup between the schools at Care Park there in Irwindale, it would be Pasadena Pauley with another lopsided win, 28 to seven over the Cares. So uh, three in a row after, you know, Rio had gone six in a row a few years back. And it was Polly's time there in the late uh, in the late teens, up until 2019, in uh, in in quite a game there at Pasadena Poly, a Friday afternoon. I was in attendance. Two undefeated schools that were competing for the one playoff spot, I believe, in the uh, the prep league at that time. It was only one spot available, and uh, because it was like a three team league or something like that, and it was a grudge match, man. It went to, it, back and forth. Long touchdown runs by both teams. Rio came out on top, 28-21. Jonathan Guerrero scoring the game-winning touchdown with a few minutes remaining there in the fourth quarter. Just a, an absolute brawl, and Rio would go on to lose in the second round of the playoffs that year to uh, Rupa Hills High School. But uh, what a team that was in 2019. One of the best offensive lines we've ever had for sure. 2020 season pushed back due to COVID lockdowns and restrictions and such. Other parts of the country were able to play football in the fall for some reason. But uh, California and in their infinite wisdom pushed everything back. So there was a three-game season in 2020 that was actually played in March of 2021. Uh, the game between Pasadena Poly and Rio in 2021 uh, for the 2020 season was on April 1st, 2021, April Fool's, rather ironic there, on a Thursday night at the Rose Bowl, the Arroyo Seco, with no fans in attendance. Again, a crisis, I guess. Uh, oh, safe to play a football game, but not safe to have, uh, you know, a few hundred people in a 90,000-seat stadium. I digress. Rio would win that game 8-7, to seven, led by sophomore at the time, uh, Ryan McCullough, who not only scooped up a fumble on a goal line stand, he uh, scored the game-winning Extra extra two point try on a run up the middle just off the left side uh, to to take the eight seven lead, but then block the game winning field goal uh, on one of the game's final plays. So an all around great performance from sophomore at the time Ryan McCullough and uh, a great group of guys as Jack Van Cleve would take his final snaps as a real Hondo Prep care taking a knee down kneel down in the Rose Bowl. Pretty awesome experience there. 2021, the second time, a few months later, just this past year, uh, it was Real Hondo Prep and Polly meeting up in uh, Irwindale at Care Park, and it was Real Hondo Prep, led by a, an incredible senior class who dominated the football game, 49 to nothing, absolutely dismantled Pasadena Polly to open the season. One of the first times, if not maybe the only time, where Rio and Polly opened the season playing each other at the varsity level. So pretty awesome stuff there. They're no longer league rivals, but they will always be rivals. And I hope this game continues to be played uh, for a long, long, long time. Uh, something else I wanted to start doing on the Thursday podcast, just to educate our fans uh, a little bit as a former referee myself, I thought I'd throw out a, a different rule here and there, not go into great detail about it, but just to educate people a little bit on, uh, on, I want our fans to be the most educated, uh, fans about, uh, about football uh, that there is high school football anyway. And so real quick, I'm just going to give a quick, um, uh, you hear all the time, personal foul on sportsmanlike conduct. Um, there's a difference between the two, two unsportsmanlike conducts and you're ejected. People confuse the two all the time. A personal foul is a physical act, a, you know, personal foul, face mask, personal foul, a late hit, personal foul, uh, just, uh, a hit that's way away from the play. It's it's a it's a football play, but it's a physical 
uh, unnecessary roughness, right? Unnecessary roughness, meaning something physical. Unsportsmanlike conduct is something like taunting, something like uh, saying something, addressing an official or uh, the other team another way. It is something that is not really football related. It's uh, celebrating, it's taunting, it's showboating. Uh, that is generally where unsportsmanlike conduct comes into play. So uh, if you need more clarification, I can help you out with there. But I'm going to bring you guys a rule every week just to kind of – it could just be a terminology thing. I won't go in great depth. I promise you that. I don't want to bore you because there's other great things to talk about here on the Charge to Keep podcast. But I want us to be uh, to, to, to be knowledgeable, to sound like we know what we're talking about. And so I think that would be a good addition here to the charge to keep podcast on our Thursday pregame episodes, the difference between personal foul unsportsmanlike conduct. We got to, we can't, be, you know, I heard up in Boron, the coach, that's his second personal foul. He's out of the game. I'm like, ah, that's not, that's not true. So I don't want us to be that way. Anyway, let me not waste any more time. Let's get to coach Tom Marr from uh, Pasadena Poly again, who's coached all over. He was in boys Christian league uh, way back when, and then I, if I have time, I'll come back and give you kind of my thoughts on the upcoming game just for a couple minutes before we call it a day here on the pregame show, the charge to keep podcast. So let's uh, bring on one time boys Christian league member and longtime college football coach, Tom Marr. Okay. I am now joined by an assistant coach for the Pasadena Poly Panthers, coach Tom Marr, who is also a professor of kinesiology at Pasadena city college. He's coached all over, all over many different uh, colleges here in Southern California. And he's back working high school against the real Hondo's rival Pasadena Poly Panthers. How's it going coach Marr? Great, Matt. Good to be with you. Thank you so much for doing this. Our mutual friend, uh, Tracy McFate, uh, helped help yeah. set this up who officiated I'm sure plenty of your games back in the day yeah I used to I used to set a locker aside for him with his name on it to try and um, convince the other school and other officials that I had an insider and I think he he hurt me more than he ever helped me <laughs> but but <laughs> but I but I did like um, making a humorous attempt to make everybody think that the table wasn't square you know the oh yeah gamesmanship yeah, yeah. we call it gamesmanship yeah, right yeah. <laughs> uh well, well coach mar you, you've coached uh all over you've coached at pcc uh fullerton uh, jc for a long time laverne pitzer long beach state mount sac uh i mean where do we start how did you get into coaching and was this something you knew you were going to do your whole life well i think when i was playing football i was always copying playbooks like i had a free agent um contract with the broncos and i'm in training you know i, I was in training camp and and i copied you know a four inch thick playbook sitting in my dorm room at colorado states where they took training camp those days and um so that kind of would that would indicate to you like why why am i doing this you know i was so interested in what they were doing at the nfl level and uh, and so that really helped me. And then uh, but I just decided I wanted to go into coaching. You know, what else what else was I going to do? I was a PE major at Cal State L.A. where I played football and uh, people don't realize they used to have scholarship football there. <laughs> and uh, but anyway, I just you know, I just migrated to that naturally. And and the community college thing in Southern California, it's it's there. I mean, even. You know, Glendale gave me a job for a brief time, and then Pomona Pitzer hired me, and off I went to the Skyac, 
you know, <laughs> and, um, you know, so you meet a lot of nice people, you know, sure. I, you know, have enough ego that I wanted to, I wanted to be good at it. And so I was an offensive coordinator for probably three decades, you know, yeah, some of these programs, Cal State, LA, I mean, Long Beach State, I mean, people forget here in California, most schools had football programs. And and what was that like coaching at, at the various levels and now seeing these schools gone? There's still the community college route and the Sky Act, but I, I don't know. It seems like even though we've lost a lot of schools, there's still plenty of options for kids to play college football here. Yeah, as I grew, like I, I worked for Roland Ortmeyer at the University of Laverne, and that was like 1940s football. And so I didn't really understand. And then I, I grew to appreciate what a wonderful person he was. And I went, <laughs> oh, see, he gets it. We don't. And so, you know, so that was a hoot. And uh, and then I, you know, then when I went on to like at Long Beach State, it was all JUCO kids playing for a JUCO coach, Larry Reisbig, and a JUCO staff and uh, low budget. And then you're, you're going to go to Michigan for three hundred thousand, and you're going to play Mississippi, or you're going to play New Mexico State in front of twenty five hundred at the bet. You know, so you're up and down. And you, yeah, <laughs> yeah. That is, that is awesome. What, when did yeah. you get your first head coaching job? Well, that that was um, I was an interim head coach at Pomona Pitzer, and I immediately implemented all these. You know, my head coach was in Europe, coaching in Europe. So, I, man, I. I put in the whole training camp, the whole program. So I knew I was destined to be a head coach because I, I wanted everything to be to the minute, you know, when you fed them everything, you know, so, so that was my first experience at that. And, uh, and it was successful. And then I, but Pasadena city college was the first school that gave me a head coaching position. And they recruited me away from my time at Mount Sac, which was six years with Bill Fisk. And, um, yeah, and you know that, and that was a big decision in my life because I'd already been promised to be the next head coach at Mount Sac, but I'd have to wait till there was a full time position. Mm -hmm. And so the the athletic director was telling me, you know, just sit tight, and you're broke, you know. <laughs> so, and and our son was a baby, and you know, and so then here's here's Pasadena offering a full time tenured position. So I, you know, I went over there. So, you know, I I walked away from uh, the golden goose, Mount Sac. <laughs> Mount Sac football, one of the best uh, programs uh, in, in Southern California and the country, really. Bill Fisk, longtime coach there, legendary. He was one of the few guys to leave coaching, especially at a very high level, and join the officiating ranks. I officiated some games with Bill, and he took his knowledge of the rules and, and uh, officiating from the sidelines to being on the field. Oh, yeah. Well, when I first met Bill, you know, I was presented to him. Like, you're going to hire this guy, and then I dropped my playbook in his lap. And said, I'll talk to you on Monday about what, what's in this book. And he's going, oh, very well, okay. You know, <laughs> I, he, I was being thrust upon him. And uh, he didn't know me. So um, so, so anyway, uh, the first week I was there, I said, okay, now the first thing we're going to do is we're going to schedule Taft College and Al Baldock, the state champions. <laughs> he's going. And then he said, they'll beat us 50 to nothing. <laughs> and I <laughs> laughed. It was so funny because that was the, that was the mount that's the mount sack he inherited mm -hmm. and and he wanted to develop it you know no excuses you know because he's a usc first team all-american under mckay and he wanted to mckay philosophies and being tough and so i said well here we go so we so we beat taft and he was just like dog gone you know i go let's go always play the best and and so the, the great thing about him was he he put up with me and, uh, and, and accepted 
whatever ideas I was up to, but I was a recruiter. Mm. Yeah. That, I mean, yes, I did a multiple pro West coast offense. Okay. But, but, but the big deal is players. Yeah. And so, so I have a long legacy of hundreds and hundreds of really good players. Yeah. You know, and if you don't screw it up, you win more than you lose. Yeah. I think even John Wooden uh, said that out, you know, you need good players <laughs> to do these oh, things. So, yeah. um, you know, I, Tracy is our mutual friend I officiated lots with him and, and he was really funny. I'll, I'll probably mess up the story, but Tracy, I think was officiating with Bill, Bill Fisk, who had, you know, won championships in Mount Sac as a coach. And I think Bill had a, a holding flag on a play and goes to Tracy says, I got holding. And Tracy said something like, he says, really? You have holding? That's holding? He, Bill's like, yeah, why? Why do you ask? He's like, well, you told me that wasn't holding for 10 years, you know, <laughs> <laughs> being on the sideline and now you're officiating. So some fun, yeah. me funny memories there. Any memories oh, yeah. of uh, working games with Tracy? Uh, you know, he, he was always good at one-liners. Well, you know, he was always funny and, and, and he, he really cared about people. But, and even, even when he'd be a, a white hat and he'd have an inexperienced side judge or somebody make a terrible, terrible blunderous call, he would make every, every effort to allow that guy to change the call, you know, to fix it. Cause you guys can do that. You guys can huddle up and, yeah. <laughs> and, you know, but you know, most of my memories of crushing failures at the community college level involved play calls. You know, I mean, I lost an opportunity for a national championship one year, and they called my wide receiver for chopping the uh, outside linebacker on the goal line. Ooh, big, big penalty on a touchdown run. <clears throat> and I said, uh, we had three tight ends and two running backs, which one of them was the wide receiver, <laughs> right? So you're like, we don't have replay. Yeah. Driving you know, you so crazy. All the, but that's all that, that's, that's the give and take of it all. You know, mm -hmm. we all make mistakes. Definitely. Definitely. And Tracy was a, uh, you know, a good friend and official and, and he's someone that attended boys Christian league, which is now Cary youth league, which is, is the youth program associated with Rio Hondo prep. Um, and it was way back in, uh, let's see, 2002, where uh, our first interaction was coach Mar. I was a senior. Our coach Ken drain was speaking at this, quarterback club luncheon uh, alongside you the head coach at pcc and pete carroll the usc coach uh so three different coaches there uh chatting and you got up on stage and you said real hondo prep yeah i used to be in your youth program boys christian league but it was too expensive and i went i paused and went expensive i mean it's not he said yeah it was a quarter every time you cussed and all the coaches in the room started laughing and so i was like oh wow coach mar used to be in uh, boys christian league back in the day yes i was a proud baltic Baltic. Okay. And who are some of your coaches? What are some of your memories of BCL? Mr. Francis and his Volkswagen van that with the bad muffler and the bad exhaust and, <laughs> and driving, picking us up and driving us around and going to the basketball gyms in Monrovia. We just had a blast. And, and, uh, we, yeah, we moved here from Northbrook, Illinois in 1966. And I met a kid, Daryl Wessel at, Dana junior high school in the seventh grade and they don't have sports for seventh and eighth graders. So he took me down to the boys Christian league. And I said, Oh, this is great. And I played six man football and played basketball and baseball and was catcher. And it was just, we had so much fun, but it was expensive paying those fines for cussing. 
<laughs> that is hilarious. <laughs> yeah, I, some uh, training kids with some nice uh, standards at a young age. That's really funny. So a lot of good memories there. Would you say that's where you got your your love of sports? Where you eventually played college ball and everything too? Sure, sure. I mean, we grew up hunting and 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 uh, shooting birds over uh, English Springer Spaniels with dad. And then I just kept saying, well, I want to go to little league practice, you know, so I, you could, I could see myself pulling away to do this other activity, you know, sports. And um, yeah. And so then, so then when I got to, you know, I remember real Honda prep saying, you know, come here to school, be a care. And I said, well, I'm gonna go to Arcadia high school. And, you know, and they, they indicated to me that I might not, you know, I might get lost in the crowd there. Uh-huh. So like later when I was the athlete of the year, I wanted to bring the trophy back down there to Mr. Taylor and Mr. Francis and go, look at my big trophy. But, <laughs> but the but the good person in me didn't do that, you know. But it but you nice. remember those moments when it, youth needs encouragement. Mm-hmm. And and that was the they were trying to encourage me to come to them because I would have helped their sports program. But but it, the minute they said, Well, Arcadia's pretty big, I went, Oh, I'm going. But it was no different than when I left Arcadia and went to Pasadena City College to play. I was excited to go there and play. I better be with my grades. And, um, <laughs> but I remember Dick Salter, my high school coach. I went to his funeral, love him. But, but he said, I want you to go to Menlo College and play for a friend of mine up there. And I'm like, why? And he goes, well, PCC is pretty big school. And I went, I'm going to PCC. I mean, that seals yeah. it. The minute you do that. You wanted the challenge, the opportunity oh my, yes, to, yeah, to shine. Yeah, yeah, that's that's interesting. That that I mean, it seems like a lot of kids today, you know, do that. The way college recruiting is now, it, it's just crazy because there's always a, a bigger spotlight somewhere for guys. So, but it sounds like you were someone that always embraced the challenge and the opportunities. You no, know, in my recruiting, you know, I would instruct, I give recruiting information to all the coaches as to how they were to recruit, how to behave, and I said, we never, never, never say derogatory things about the other school, and you, you might think that's a given but it's not and but you also want to say never tell a kid he can't play there so it'd be, it would have been very easy to say don't go to mount sac they're the monsters come here and play no don't do it say they're great they're awesome and and just but try to convince them that you're also worthy of that kid Oh, that's interesting. The the professionalism within uh, the recruiting, because I'm sure there's, as you mentioned, there's plenty of guys that, that don't keep it that way. Do you remember in care or boys Christian league, do you remember real Hondo prep uh, football or what, you know, watching them or anything as a kid? Yeah. Well, um, as a Baltic, I was playing six man football and they were still six man playing for cares. And then Ken Drake was the quarterback. Ken drain drain. Yeah. Drain yeah. was the quarterback. And then, and then after high school, you know, you lost touch and then, and then he went to Vietnam. Mm. I learned. And then, and, but then I, as I was saying, he, I was playing for PCC some years later and I looked through the fence and there he was watching us through the chain link fence, you know, watching us practice with his school books. You know, he's back at school at PCC. Wow. And I think wow. I probably told him that story when I saw him at the quarterback club in Pasadena. Yeah. Oh, what a, what a, what a great story. Um, man, that's, that's awesome. Uh, well, if you would, uh, coach, coach Mar, you know, you, you, you've coached so many, uh, college athletes and so many different programs, D3, D1, JC. Um, but now you, you, you kind of, after you said 46 years of coaching, you're going, 
uh, in coaching high school. You're back uh, with Pasadena Poly. What made you go uh, help them out and and kind of the, the, the challenges really from going from college to high school? Well, the athletic director, Steve Bierman, is an old Arcadia boy and he and really, really good friends with my brother and I've known him forever. So he, he, he met with me and asked me to help their program. And so I agreed to do that. And then, uh, and, and, and I think he probably thought I was going to bring this wealth of knowledge to them, but you know, I, I kind of think I've learned a lot going mm. there because they're so absolutely different than the world I'm coming from. You know, I had my, my adjustments were greater perhaps greater than theirs. You know, there's a coaching staff that's all returning for the most part. They had a couple of young guys in the secondary, but, um, you know, I wasn't, I didn't want to do what they were doing and they, they didn't know what, what, you know, brand new head coach, right. Coming up through the ranks. And, uh, I'd met the former coach, Chris, that moved to Nashville and I, you know, so, so we've been growing together. And, um, but, the, the, you know, they, they do a lot of wonderful things with their families and different activities in the community. And they do a lot of things that uh, community colleges don't. Mm. So that, well, that's, that's been very interesting. Well, with being a college coach, I got to imagine it's practice. Is it practically year round football in some aspect, basically, you know, keeping an eye on, on guys and, and helping them and, you know, either classes or the weight room or, you know, film sessions. Is it pretty much a year round thing? And, and go yeah, community, being community college, you're going to have a winter program. So like typically at Pasadena, I'd have about 90 guys in the winter program in January. And then we would, and then the winter session would end six weeks later and we'd start a, so they'd be lifting weights and, um, and working on eligibility and all those things. And then, then you go into a 16 week spring semester, which includes, uh, spring practice of eight weeks, no pads, but you're lifting weights like crazy and doing all kinds of meetings and drills. And, and, and it's just like, it's the season, just nobody's hitting anybody. And then, and then you break for a few weeks in June at graduation, and then back to a grinding six week summer. That is where now the freshmen come in. So your numbers went from 90 in the winter to maybe 70 in spring ball, because you get rid of the riffraff. And then, and then the summer comes and here comes my recruiting class. So your team goes from 70 to double it. Wow. You know, so now you're, yeah, you're up in the hundreds and whatever. It's like at Mount Sac one year, I had 280 kids in the summer program, you know, which is <laughs> silly of course, but that's who we were. And, uh, and then at, at Pasadena, I, you know, I might go into training camp with 115 kids. And, uh, and, and then at the end of the season, there's still 90 kids there. So you see what I mean? It's just this never ending thing of, of helping young people. Well, and that's gotta be, I mean, to do it this long at that level and various levels, that's gotta be a, a passion of yours to put in all the extra hours and the work is, is helping young people in through football. Is kind of that being your, your mission of life. Yes, I, I remember my son went through community college and played for me and and, um, and then he went into strength training and, and so forth and he was working at the University of Florida and he had the O-line and, uh, and, he, and he said, uh, he says, you know, I always wondered why you love those kids so much. He's going, 
just football players. And then he goes, now I get it. Wow. Now he loves them. That's, that's, that's very, very special. You, you, you hear that all around, but when it, you, you know, it's uh it's sincere and it's just like, you got a hundred, a hundred sons, right. At times or 200 sons. Sometimes it's just a lot of uh, guys you care about. And it, is it totally different now? I mean, some, you, what are you coaching with 40, 40 guys, maybe 50 guys, 30. I don't know how many guys are on the poly roster, but it's all. Well, there's a JV program, which is made up of little tiny freshmen. You know, <laughs> you, there's, there might be about 19 of those. And then there's um, 29 upperclassmen, you know, and then they have the JV games and, and one of our coaches is the head JV coach. And so he's killing it. He's two and oh, and he's destroying people, you know, it's fun. <laughs> and yeah, I watch the JV films. Like, it just cracks me up because, you know, they're, they're so young. And then, um, cause it's really more like freshmen, but I, but they mm -hmm. call it JV. And yeah. then, uh, then I've, and of course I've watched all the real Hondo films from last year, you know, and over at your facility on Arrow Highway, which is so nice. Mm. And, um, you know, so I drive by that all the time on the way to work when I take Arrow instead of the dog on freeway. But, um, <laughs> but yeah, um, they're, they're kind of like, you know, in my evaluation of it, you know, they're like an, an old eight man program that refused to go that direction, just like Real Hondo did. They said, no, we're going 11 man. So then you get put in a public league and, and now you're playing Monrovia and you're like, hello, <laughs> you know, so, yeah. uh, so anyway, uh, you know, it's a completely different world. Oh, yeah. We just played San Gabriel, you know, and they train, you know, spring ball and summer and all the things and that, that the little schools don't do necessarily. And so um, you have to, you know, I have to learn, I'm learning how to be creative to, um, compensate for all that. <laughs> that's that's what all that uh, years of experience and knowledge uh, hopefully oh. will come will come in handy. Oh, I don't think yeah. it's doing any good. <laughs> what what you do you coach the offense for Polly? Yes. Awesome, awesome, and and with uh, without giving away any secrets or anything, have you seen what is it? I've, this evolution of offensive football the past I don't know ten years or so. It's 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 a lot of spread out stuff. I mean, everyone's unique, but you're seeing the ball put in the air a lot more. Uh, it's trickled down. I feel like offenses from college to the to NFL to college. Sometimes college to the NFL, you're seeing stuff up there that that is different. But I don't know what what do you make of offensive football in well, the year you know, back in the seventies? There was a disconnect. There was high school football was way over here and. And then pro football was way up there and, and college had its own thing. Then BYU and a few places like that created NFL offensive environments and, you know, Lavelle Edwards and people like that. And so then, then it became this real pass happy thing. And then the Dennis Erickson's in the spread and, you know, the ball's everywhere. And, and once in a while they run it, you know, and, and, uh, and then, and then uh, it evolved again to where you can see now we're coming back to more tight ends and, and gap integrity you're trying to mm. hold that defense accountable you, you you're trying to uh, be able to run the ball and of course you use the quarterback now since you've spread everything out you don't have a, available running backs everywhere necessarily and so they so that's why the thing is it's really evolved now you see all the wide receivers flying around behind the running backs or behind the quarterbacks to create um, misdirections and overloads and you know, get a helmet to where you need it to be. 
And so I enjoy watching all that stuff. And I, like last weekend, watching Kansas where my kid works, I mean, they just did such a great job and watching what Arkansas does. And then looking back at what Florida just did to Utah, and whoo, you know, yeah. So, yeah, but really interesting stuff, you know, but it still comes down to players. Mm. And if you don't have good players, you're going to get spanked. You know, it doesn't <laughs> matter what level you're at. So, so you got it, you got it. So then you got it, but you only got what you got. So you got to, you got to convince sure. the kids to play hard. Oh yeah. I mean, you know, it doesn't take uh, any talent to play hard, you know, yeah, everyone no, can do and that. It, <laughs> and at this level though, you, you know, if you practice hard, you might not have anybody ready for the game. True. Very so everybody's, true. <laughs> everybody's saying thud tempo, but it's really, you know, tag you're it a little yeah. bit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh man in, in uh kind of closing here uh coach mar you know the rio uh poly rivalry uh i think it's one one of the great pure football rivalries in, in the san gabriel valley there's plenty of good ones but this small school rivalry the schools aren't that far apart and have such a, a rich history do, being in the program the first year do you have any uh any thoughts on the rivalry is it, is it talked about amongst poly or is it just kind of like that's oh, another game uh next well, week? they used to be in the same league right yeah. So that's different. So it's a rivalry because of their past and it could, it could drift apart if they don't, they got to keep playing each other for sure. And, yeah. And, and, but watching real Hondo on film, I, I see a, 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 a confidence in the, in them and their, their staff doing a good job, you know? And so I, I like, like what I see in them in real Hondo prep. Mm-hmm. And and the, they don't talk about the rivalry um, that much. They we talked about the opener. Yeah. You know, <laughs> Francis yeah. Park. Oh, and uh, yeah. So they, I, I, maybe they don't know where they fit in yet. Their identity mm-hmm. in Cal, Southern California high school football, because there's. There's all these different programs and, and the ones that you have to pay to go to school at those places. You know, I've looked at some of these schools and they've got some really nice kids, you know, I, I mean, I, I don't know, I don't know how it all, it operates. I don't know how they get their players. Sure. These places. Yeah. Well, it, it's going to be a, a fun game, September 16th, uh, South Pasadena high, right? You guys are, are renting out that field on Friday nights. Yeah. I guess we're that's... playing a game in the Coliseum this year. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, that's outstanding. That is outstanding. I hope they Wait. have enough seats. <laughs> well, if it was played at the Rose Bowl, UCLA looked like they had plenty of seats uh, last yeah, they, week. <laughs> yeah, the lowest crowd ever. It said 27,147 or something, but it looked more like 10,000. Oh, man. I know it was hot, but it was hot everywhere last week. So, you know. Yeah, but they're just not drawn. It's, yeah, I went to a game two years ago. It's, it's, yeah, it's too bad. But um, that will change maybe with the new conferences. Yeah, yeah, I believe so. Well, the Coliseum game, that's awesome. Uh, uh, Wish you guys uh, luck down the way. And we will see you uh, Friday night, September 16th, Coach, for another edition of the Real vs. Poly Rivalry. Thanks, Matt. Well, a huge thank you to Coach Tom Marr from Pasadena Poly for 
sitting down with me, spending some time on our on our short interview. I appreciate him talking to me about his days in Boys Christian League, his coaching experience, just many stops along the way. Uh, you know, Coach Mar, very very calm, collected in this interview. I got I got to tell you guys that when that ball kicks off, he's a different guy, especially if you're wearing stripes. I've refereed some of his games, and not just him, but so many coaches. You know, uh, we all turn a, a little more competitive once uh, that opening kickoff happens. So a class act for sure, and a guy that I, I'll say. Um, uh, Pasadena Pauli has themselves uh, a true leader there. He's an assistant coach, I know, but his wealth of knowledge is uh, is truly phenomenal there for for Pasadena Pauli. Their head coach Daniel Frazier has been on the staff for quite some time under Chris Smoke, so it's uh, a lot of similar voices, but some new some new ones as well with great experience like Coach Tom Marsh. Tom Marsh, excuse me. So real hundo prep. Better be waited, ready to play this Friday night. Uh, make no mistake about it. Throw the records out in rivalry games, man. I'm telling you, um, anything can happen, and and they want to beat Rio just as bad as Rio wants to beat them. So thank you, Tom Marr, for sharing uh, some fun stories there and some uh, fun experiences as well. Uh, guys, before we wrap up this edition of the pregame show, the pregame brief, which airs 24 hours before kickoff, I do want to uh, briefly touch on Five cares keys going into this game. Didn't really get a chance to do that last week, but I was so caught up in talking with the Boron coach, Rob Kostopoulos. But uh, I have five keys to this game that I think will be uh, key for Rio uh, to be successful tonight. Just real quick hitters here. Uh, number one is controlled excitement. This is an exciting game. It's fun to play this rivalry. You know, you got to play in the Rose Bowl a few years back, but that comes with restraint. You got to play aggressive, but be smart, right? No, no dumb penalties away from the play, hitting guys when you shouldn't have to go after them. Um, energy, right? Effort. But again, controlled excitement going into this game because emotions will be high. Uh, number two, expect the unexpected. I, I think Paulie's going to throw everything but the kitchen sink at us. I would expect some trick plays, some fake punts, some uh, some formations, things we haven't seen before on film. Definitely expect the unexpected from Paulie. These two schools know each other very well, so uh, I think there's always some gamesmanship and kind of one-upping each other, that chess match within. So you better expect the unexpected. Prepare for what you know, but uh, be ready for anything to happen because the worst thing that can happen in a football game is to be surprised. Uh, number three, I said smart on short yardage because the Cares, specifically on defense, have fallen uh, to some offside penalties. Uh, on short yardage, falling for a, you know a hard count and such, and not just that, but stopping the opponent. You know, we I'd love to, I would love to see a fourth down stop here in this game at some point. Uh, Paulie's definitely going to be going for it a few times, and we get in that short yardage, really uh, stifle that run defense, that extra energy, control the gaps. Uh, you know, stack up bodies if you need to somehow, some way, stop Pasadena Pauly on short yardage, and all st all starts with not uh, being duped into an offside penalty. Number four, the turnover battle. Look, this goes without saying. Every week, this is key. But I think specifically with Rio coming off of a five takeaway game and zero turnovers themselves, do they get a little lackadaisical? Think of the ball's just going to come to them or, or maybe the ball will never get ripped out of their hands. Uh, I think it's going to take a lot of extra focus. And again, that Coach Carson mentality at all times, get the ball, get the ball. And of course, 5.6 points, which he's talked about before on the podcast with our running backs. So the turnover battle will be key as it is every week, but especially this week in a rivalry game. And finally, respect the rivalry. Look it. This is a big deal. It always is. I want to say, oh, big game, big, you know, get over, overexcited, as I mentioned already, but respect this rivalry. Respect the players who have come before you. Respect the players that never got an opportunity to play in this game because Paulie went eight man or 11 man. Rio was an eight man. Respect the guys that 
just are chomping at the bit and will be watching from the East Coast, from North, the Northwest, from all over even the world there to tune in to this game. Holly Rio, a very big deal, at least to Rio fans, no matter where they go, uh, this rivalry is a big deal. And respect it, no matter what the score is. If you get way ahead, you get behind. If it's neck and neck game, respect this rivalry because it is it is one of the best rivalries in all of the San Gabriel Valley. Those are my thoughts for the upcoming game this Friday night, 7 o'clock at South Pasadena High School, a Pasadena Poly home game, and the 21st meeting in the 11-man era with the Pasadena Poly Panthers and the Rio Hondo Prep Cares. Hope to see you there. If you can't make it out, be sure to check out our social media pages, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, have all kinds of great content, behind-the-scenes stuff, and, of course, a pregame comment from Coach Carson, my halftime analysis, and a postgame comment from Coach Carson, and maybe some others along the way. Guys, it's Poly Week. It's here. We're less than 24 hours away from kickoff. Get out to that game. You know you can make it. Come on, guys. I know you can make it. And if you can't, join Clark Bollinger and Kyle Horton on the NFHS Network. It should be much better uh, broadcast and uh, connection and everything this week than it was last week in the high desert at Bourne. That's it for me, guys. It is time for week four and the Pasadena Polys Panthers as they host the Rio Hondo Prep Cares. Let's get this thing going. Let's get it on. But, ooh, I'm just, I'm jacked. I'm jacked up. Ready to go. Always a charge to keep, right? Always a charge to keep. But at the same time, this is uh this is a big one. This is this is a step up, we'll say. It was great opening against El Monte, Linfield Christian, and Boron, but there is nothing like taking on your rivals this week in week four against the Pasadena Poly Panthers. I hope you will be there. But if not, be sure to tune in on the Charge Keep Podcast, where we will bring you all of the action updates and analysis for real Hondo prep football. See you at South Pasadena, everybody. <laughs>